Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, Rumble's on. Pina Colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 18, season two of Football Played on Paper podcast. On today's show, we have Champions League review, a couple of big games there and a few upsets, the Premier League preview, update on a fantasy league coming through as well, um, and some weekly happenings. But before all of that, better whip round to see uh, if everyone's, everyone's here. Job? Yeah, g'day, mate. Doing really well. What's news? Uh, just a present would be fine, thanks. Um, ah, present. Not, not, a whole, <laughs> not a whole lot of news. Uh, Barney, how are you, mate? Present, Sean. There you go. Aussie, how are you, mate? Barney, you bloody sheep. No, I'm good, thanks, Sean. <laughs> I'm, uh, I like these Friday uh, recordings. They're always full of a bit more energy than the than Monday, so looking forward to it. Aussie, you got an yeah. off your back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all over Gladys now, so yeah. I, I can lay low for a bit. Oh, thank God. Uh, these are normally a bit uh, tastier on Fridays because Job has tipped a few in by now, so um, you might actually get uh, an opinion out of him. Um, but Barney, you get a gold star, and you may as well kick us off. Thanks, boss. Uh, we've been a bit light on with the corruption recently, so I thought I'd just take us over to the <laughs> Ghanaian Football League, where it's rife with match fixing at the moment. So, in a game recently, there was a uh, a player on one side who. Scored two own goals in a bid to prevent what he thought was uh, match fixing going on. So obviously affected the scoreline and then up, upset them and and they didn't get the uh, correct scoreline, didn't get the match fixing correct. Now the association has um, accused him of match fixing and uh, it's a bit of he said, she said now at the moment. So um, yeah, no one really knows who's in the right here, but um yeah, it's it's uh, it's all up for grabs, and anyone could be going to jail over this. Not sure yet. <laughs> anyone could go to jail. Like, you don't just love to hear that sentence said. <laughs> yeah. um, so basically, so he suspected the other team of trying to throw the match. So he's taken matters into his own hands and put two in his own net to even it up. Yeah. So he's he heard before the match, um, players. I think it was officials from either side talking to each other about a, a prearranged five-one scoreline. Ah, so he's kind of a bit Ooh. of a vigilante. I, I, I like this. So he's trying eye. to I'm all fix. For it. Yeah. So he's going to fix the match by fixing the match. Yes. Yeah, that is insane. That is fantastic. It's a blind leading the blind, yeah. mate. So <laughs> the um the uh, president of the team Ashanti Gold, who were the ones who were going to get the win five one, uh, apparently allegedly, said the president said uh, we have not done anything bad because we always beat people four nil, five nil, or five four. Which I thought was interesting. Interesting last score he added in there. They play um, futsal. Yeah, apparently. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, like I said, a bit of he said, she said, and no one's really been accused yet. But uh, yeah, the guy who's tried to fix it is now the chief suspect in the matter, which is uh, interesting. Ashanti Gold is a global mining company, so that's a fairly wild accusation thrown around now, Sam. Uh, I'm I'm just relaying information here, mate. I'm not accusing mm, you. Allegedly. Yeah, chucking allegedly in front of it. You can say whatever you want, apparently. Alrighty. Uh, next one we're going to touch on here was a just horrible injury that happened in the Champions League this week to uh, Lucina Traore from Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, 
So they were playing Inter Milan and uh, Denzel, the ball was sort of bouncing about hip height. Denzel Dumfries sort of dove in to uh, head of the ball. Traore put his leg in. Dumfries got the ball with his head but landed on his leg and he like twisted and snapped it sideways. Um, it was If you haven't seen it and you're not too squeamish, go have a look. It is horrific. It is, I don't, it is so bad. I, I plan to play sports again in my life, so I care not to, to check this one out because that'll probably turn me off a bit. Yeah, Josh, this is not for you. Uh, no, I've seen enough of those in my time. You see one leg snap, you've, you've seen enough. I'm not sure what the outcome of the injury was, but I reckon it's at least all three ligaments and potentially a break in the leg. I was going to say Honestly, potentially a break in the leg. <laughs> on, on a scale of uh, he'll play next week to Conor McGregor, how bad is this uh, leg injury? Oh, this is worse than Conor McGregor. This is way worse than McGregor. And he's still not sure if it's a break. McGregor's fighting Machine Gun Kelly at the MTV Awards, mate. He's fine. This guy is <laughs> not playing football for at least a year and a half, I don't reckon. Joe Rogan got that interview in too, which is good. Yeah, exactly. All <laughs> the important stuff. All right, this one's a sore spot for Shawno. Uh, Kalechi Iannaccio was denied at the Polish border because of issues with his visa. So apparently his um, information on his visa didn't match what uh, was on his passport. And so the Polish officials blocked him and he had to go back to England. Shawno, it seemed like it affected the team as well with the result that turned out. Yeah, well, Inacho normally plays in the Europa League too. So, like Vardy yeah. can't can't play all these games, and so he picks and chooses um, along with Brendy what uh, Premier League games he, he starts, but which is going to be most of them really. So this is Inacho's competition and his chance to shine. So really disappointing for him. And uh, yeah, I feel as though more of this stuff might happen um, as you know different countries have different rules depending on on where you're coming from. I see. Yeah, it I think more it's, more. A, it's a bit like the Argentinian one, right? Where it's like, yeah. how have they stuffed it up for just one player? Like, it's it's because he's not doing that that stuff like we like we mentioned. Like, yeah, it's the right. it's the Leicester officials that are doing it. So, how have they managed to stuff that up? He um, sounds like, but we we never sorry, Hells, we never really heard about this like happen before coronavirus. So I feel as though it's it's you know some additional border protections um, type rules which are are bringing these problems through because yeah, like obviously. Players and clubs travelled all the time anyway. You never heard like, oh, this guy can't play in the final because, you know, he, he wouldn't get let into the country and stuff. So it, it does seem relatively new news, this stuff. Yeah, I feel like uh, every club's going to have to start bringing on like whole new positions for people just to manage these new like laws and rules and travelling like admin stuff because it just seems to be so much more of it. Um, and obviously, you can't worry like worry the players with that stuff. But if the, the, the clubs can't get it right and it's costing them results and, and players matches, then... You just need to hire like one or two people just to handle that stuff. Yeah, I think so for sure. With all like, especially in somewhere like Europe, where it's like potentially each country's got different rules and there's just traveling so much. Fourth crazy. All righty, and this one was uh, this was a favorite of Josh's, and that's Daniel Sturridge has signed for Perth Glory. Yeah, I'm thinking to get a membership this year, um, <laughs> or. If somehow uh, the borders open up next year to Western Australia, I might pop over and check him out because uh, do, do a bit of FIFO work over in Perth. There, yeah, not a bad idea. Nothing, yeah, right. nothing you like had, seeing a Liverpool club legend. In you the had flesh. more chance of seeing him if he stayed where he was rather than going to WA. Yeah, good point. So when was the last time he had a club? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know where he transferred yeah. from. Can you transfer from retirement? Forced retirement? Free agent. Bosman. Yeah. Free Bosman. Yeah. I don't know. Does anyone know? Det- I don't, I'd sort of just. 
scratched this in at the last minute, but so I don't know the details of like transfer fee or salary or anything like that, but I can't imagine it's too much being the A-League. His salary is just whatever whatever, yeah. whatever profits he makes off the bets he tells his, his family. Surely oh, it's a, a pretty good yeah. Like He has to get on the pitch. Um, I'd like to add a little bit of a uh, little bit of jeopardy to the story. So apparently Daniel Sturridge is being sued because he offered a 37,000 pound reward to find his dog. I know emotionally we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's one of my favourite stories. And the bloke who found Sturridge's dog is suing Daniel Sturridge because apparently he was not paid for finding his dog. He'll win that lawsuit for sure. I, basic, I didn't realise when you mentioned this that this was... That. Yeah, yeah simple. I didn't know this was about Sturridge when you mentioned the, the dog story. I thought it was just a random story that you brought <laughs> well, up. It, that... it is a random story, but it's also about Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> no, that's great. Didn't, didn't pay him. I, I, I actually thought the dog story was about Steve Bruce. I, sw- I suppose Steve Bruce lost his dog recently. No, I encourage everyone to go but back to Sturridge's Instagram and, and watch it. It's <laughs> it's like a few years back, but yeah, he gets home, his house is being broken into, and um, they've robbed his dogs. Um, but the big question on everyone's lips when he comes out to WA is, will he bring the dogs? Yes. Uh, yes, just to rub it in the guy's face. Yeah, a lot I've of controversy, I reckon. I'd be worried I'd lose them. So, um, yeah. get lost in WA... Like you're not going to find them; they're dead. There's a dog fence running we, from um, WA across to South Australia, so you should be fine. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah the history of yeah. Isn't there a hit more of a history of dogs stealing things in WA than being stolen, or is that a different state? I'm thinking of <laughs> that's libelous. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. Well, he's not, going to, he's not going to New <laughs> South Wales. Dogs. He's not going to New South Wales, so Barnaby Joyce won't be trying to shoot him. So he should be pretty <laughs> safe over in WA. Alrighty, let's get straight into some of the games that happened this week in the Champions League, and we'll start with Liverpool five, Porto one. Uh, some straight up dominance here from uh, Liverpool boys. How do you see the game, Josh? Do you like it? Like the result? Big fan. Yep. Yeah, can't complain. I mean, yeah, wasn't uh like it was Liverpool were played well, best team, but um, the goals were. Like kind of almost some mistakes a lot of the time from Porto, and we just sort of cleaned them up. So I mean, you got to I guess force those mistakes a bit, but uh, yeah, a fairly flattering result we'll say. So kind take of it. almost mistakes. That was some of the worst defending I've ever seen in Europe. Like it was fucking disgraceful. Yeah, that's bad defending. I mean, like actual <laughs> yeah. mistakes, like the keepers' parries and stuff like that. Oh. That's, yeah, job. Did you happen to watch but, that Barcelona game? Yeah, for Firmino's second goal, I think it was, where I don't even know what the keeper's doing. Oh, where he, he puts he it into the open net? <laughs> yeah, steams yeah. out of the goal. And then Shocking. Firmino's like, what is going on? Firmino had like the easiest double he will ever score. Did you see it's the gap when the keeper come flying out? He was absolutely fucking furious. Yeah, you would be. Oh, he, The keeper yeah. was good for three goals. Easy, I reckon. That coach, I think it's Concecao, Con- he's um, got a bit of a history of being a psychopath, so... Yeah, they, they would have got a real rocket up the ass at half yeah. time there. Like like so yeah, Liverpool were overall still clearly the better team, but like five one is yeah, flattering, we'll say. Yeah, it was a bit of a stroll out for Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, exactly. All righty. Uh we had PSG two, Man City nil. Uh this was a very resolute PSG side who didn't have a lot of the ball at home but managed to nick two goals. Jabba, what did you think of the, uh, what were we calling it, the El Gasico? El Gasico, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, very impressed with PSG and a bit disappointed in Man City. I thought Jack Grealish really struggled to impose himself on the game. And the other the key moment in that is I thought Kevin De Bruyne should have been sent off. Uh, fairly agricultural challenge over the top I of the ball. I didn't see this. Oh, that yeah, was, I, who did he get it on again? 
I uh, can't remember. It might be Adrissa Garner Gay. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, yeah, it was. was, was. Gay. Um, but I, I, I just kind of said how it was sent off. But yeah, it was really not comprehensive win from PSG, but certainly a confidence-building one. And then we had a strike from Adrissa Garner Gay and then a wonderful goal from Leo Messi to finish, which, again, I'm a little bit disappointed with Allison. He seemed to be, like, pushing too heavily to one side and then he just got oh, Edison mugged off. Yeah. Oh, Allison. Allison would have saved it, yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> it was at Porto, bloody forced defensive <laughs> mistakes. They were they um, were two nice goals though. Like even though Gaze was like a bit of a scrap and he finished it, he did he bury it top corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Messi's yeah, nice finish. Alrighty, uh, Ch- uh, sorry, Juventus won Chelsea nil. So disappointing result for uh, for Chelsea here. Um, obviously, great result for Juventus, and I saw. Um, uh, Chiellini before the game was saying this is the easiest game they've had to prepare for all season because they're playing the European champions and everyone gets up and about for a game against European champions. Sean, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he said that. He said some odd things about um, about Declan Rice's comments too going into the Euros final where Declan Rice said, we are the most motivated to win this tournament, probably more so than Italy. Um, and that was on the back of you know England not winning a major trophy for a long time. That was the tone that was meant in. And Chiellini just twisted it to something that suited his narrative better. Um, waited till they won and then come out and said it, which is rather brave. Um, and I feel as though he did something <laughs> similar here. Um, what, like if it was the easiest game to prepare for, like tell us that in the opening press conference and I'd probably respect that. You can't beat them 1-0 and then come out and say, oh, by the way, this is the easiest game we've ever prepared for. But nonetheless, a good win for um, Allegri's boys. Um they, they do look better like a functioning unit without Ronnie. Like, obviously, when Ronaldo's there, everything has to go through him. So, I feel as though they're more balanced um, without him. So, yeah, a huge win for Juve. Unfortunately, this result will have next to no bearing on the group. Both teams will still go through. Um, I think it was interesting. There's only two shots on target in the entire game. Two, te- two reasonably high-quality teams. And Juve did this with just 26% possession as well. So it was just a bit of lazy defending, I think, from Rudiger that let Chiesa get across the front of him. He was sort of caught in no man's land. And then that was the, the key moment there. But they like they were so they're so resolute in defense. They just don't care about having the ball, Juve. Like I was really impressed with their doggedness. Yeah. That could, here you go. That could be one of their like um could see them go far in this tournament job with like the games being more open hmm. with um european football and like someone like chiesa on the counter like he's he is electric when he gets the ball and he's so fast he's just as fast with it as he is without it as well yeah, yeah. and he's just direct he's just direct he'll just go straight to goal and they're so good like imagine like out defending chelsea it seems like that's kind of almost yeah. what happened yeah, yeah definitely yeah. and then, like, their just, own game just letting chelsea have that much ball but just not being worried very often, like they were quite yeah. sort of limp shots and attempts from Chelsea. A um, couple of chances in there, but I think losing Kante to COVID pre-game, obviously in this type of affair, definitely hurts you because you can really link the attack and defence quite quickly. Did everyone yeah, enjoy exactly. Tommy Tukes's comments around that? Mm, oh, about no. the non-vaccination thing. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, we're not angry at him. We are just uh, concerned about Dis- him. Disappointed? Um, yeah, not angry, yeah. just disappointed." <laughs> I'm not. I'm not He's sure dead. if I can say this, but um, I want to talk about um, vaccinations. Everyone, go and get their vaccinations, and then he just sort of signed off sheepishly. It was because Kante wasn't vaccinated, basically. Yeah, one of them anti vaxxers So yeah, would be good if Tukes had finished with "Do your own research" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, just to spice things up a little bit. Send a yeah. YouTube link out afterwards. Yeah. Alrighty, and the 
last uh, English team to play was Man United, who got the got it over uh, Villarreal finally two one with a injury time. Con- let's call it controversial injury time goal because there was calls in the group chat for uh, offside potential, ah, mostly from you, Jobber, which is surprising. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I found this a bit. I found this winner like so. The whole ninety minutes, I think we're all comfortable in saying Villarreal were the better side. Like I have no qualms with that. And David de Gea was the best player on the pitch. Yeah, see you again. Um, but I don't know. I found this a bit weird because Jalen's goes across the keeper, like kind of almost gets fouled, knocks the ball back to Ronaldo, who obviously lashes at home at this point. He just keeps scoring winners. Um, but I don't know how Jalen's is an offside. Like he's obviously impacting the play. And he's in an offside position. And I was sort of like, oh, shit. Yeah. We're going to have this ruled out. Well, because it was you know weird. How that screenshot I sent was the moment Ronaldo kicks the ball. But I don't know if it matters. Mm. But all prior to that, he's he's very disruptive to the play. Like the keeper literally puts his hands on him to push him down and almost falls over him. So that's a pretty big impact. Well, on the, the touch keeper. backwards comes from Jalen's. That's what like I mean. That, yeah. So he like was on, he, he's onside there. Yeah, and then and he slides forward into an offside position and sort of muddles up the keeper, curls up into a ball, and has a shot go past him. So I don't yeah. know. It, it has to affect the keeper, right? That Jalen's yeah. being yeah. there. It can't not. Yeah, Jalen's at your feet in the fetal position. That's going to impact Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to scare. It, it was looking uh, rather cowardly there. Rolled over, didn't he? What do you think it was offside? <laughs> yes, it's going to. It's a good good. Controversial talking point, I think. I'm not like salty about it as a Liverpool supporter, but um, yeah, I nothing, wouldn't have been upset if it was given. Nothing controversial about it for me. He's offside. It's easy, yes. It's blatant. Yeah, but it's controversial now because they didn't give it. up with the win. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's 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 one of those ones where it's like, it's probably, it's most likely offside, but it's just like, it's almost like the moment overshadows it and they're not going to even like almost consider it. Yeah. Because the Ronaldo winner in the 97th minute or whatever it was. And but another so, trash yeah. performance from Manchester United job, it has to be oh said. They God. were absolutely yeah. rubbish. And just their sheer money just bailed them out at the end. Um, the fact that they can afford someone like Ronaldo, they just shell out money on a decent player and it papers over all the cracks that Oli has in his team. It was insane to watch how easy it was for Villarreal to like transition forward. Like It was crazy. And they were just creating chance upon chance upon chance. And David De Gea's first half was like, you know, circa five years ago, De Gea. He was outstanding. Like they were mm. absolutely all over us. Um, the so Villarreal I think Manchester United should buy. Yeah, Villarreal, uh, Manchester United should buy the Villarreal team so that doesn't happen again. <laughs> but the, do you think De Gea is having such a good season as well because United's defence has been under the cosh a lot more? So, you know, when he always shines shine, when. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. he's a real shot stopper. So he shines when he's under the pressure more. He doesn't have to, yeah. he can concentrate easier. There was yeah. some interesting comments from Mark Bosnich on um, Stan Sports where he's oh, like... Sorry, sorry. Before we go into Bosnich, <laughs> have a look at his fucking barnet. Oh, my God. <laughs> his hair. He needs to see a hairdresser ASAP. <laughs> um, so, so all that aside, Sam, uh, Mark Bosnich was like, oh, look, to, you know, to most football fans, they're saying, oh, Ollie should be sacked. But he's like, I can see it. I can see what he's trying to do. He's building a team for the next couple of years. And I was that's just such a load of crap. Like, he clearly Why didn't he start point, a couple no of years ago then? <laughs> He's like, he only, just, yeah. he only just got the financing now. It just doesn't, I just can't, like, I think the, he's had enough transfer windows for us to be like, oh, it's coming together. Like, didn't take Pep 15 years to get the team together. Doesn't take Tommy Tooks, you know, years to get the team together. It's just not going to happen. If, no. if Ollie does not go better than he did last year in any competition, 
uh, sorry, two main competitions, Champions League and the Premier League, he's gone for sure. There's no, there's no justification for keeping him. I, I think what Manchester United might suffer from is what sort of Arsenal fans suffered from um, a while ago where a lot of people wanted, um, whether that be Emre or um, Arsene, to, to move on. But like he'd go on like a two-game losing streak or something like that and then they'd win. And then like that was like the worst thing for Arsenal fans. Arsenal fans are like, geez, we were two losses away from actually sacking our manager, finding a new direction and moving on. And I feel as though that's what happens with Manchester United. They stink the joint up for a couple of games and then even in this performance didn't play very well. And then just their quality gets a, a goal out. Um, they win and then everything seems fine and, and everyone moves on. But like all the fundamental problems about um, the style of play, the structure of his team, the balance of his team um, and the formation and who he selects in it are just all still there. Bloody house of cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, look, it's not, look, even though they got the win, it's not looking great for United. All right. And just the last two results you want to touch on in the Champions League um, where, Hilarious in in my opinion, and that was uh, Benfica three, Barcelona nil, uh, and they also got a red card. Barcelona's Eric Garcia in like the eighty seventh minute, it's just stupid. Um, so it's Barcelona's biggest loss to a Portuguese uh, opponent, and they have not had a shot on target in one hundred eighty minutes of Champions League football this season. Um, I believe Eric Garcia now has more red cards for Barcelona than he has wins. He, he, he may well. He may well. Um, and the last result I want to touch on was Real Madrid won Sharif, Jobber's favorite team, two. So, uh, yeah, this was a very interesting result, again, especially with Real Madrid at home and an absolute screamer of a winner from the uh, Sharif lad as well. I didn't quite catch his name. Um, but, yeah, a bit, a bit worrying for Real Madrid. Um. Dirk Cout with Good. some uh, <laughs> comments too that sort of oh, I was waiting that. for that. What a I'll legend. I'll the second ugliest guy ever to play for Liverpool. Um, second? He's come who's through first? and said, uh, who, who's the guy who could shoot from anywhere and took those mad corners with a left Suarez? No. Nah. Oh, Risa. John Arisa. Charlie. Oh, Charlie Adam. Oh, Charlie Adam. Adam. Nah, yeah. Cat's, Cat's like um, Slough from the Goonies. Yeah, but Charlie Adam, he went from like, oh, yeah, he's a professional footballer to like the oldest, fattest guy you've ever seen in your life inside a week. Um, but anyway, was so, that when he played? That's what Howell did, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, like everyone enjoys Real Madrid uh, losing. I don't think anyone is not a supporter. But yeah, anyway, Cat's comments were um, no one cares and no one wants to see um, Sharif inside the uh, Champions League. Everyone wants them out. Everyone just wants to see the big clubs play each other. Well, now here they are sitting top of their group and just beat Real Madrid at Real Madrid's um, shed of a stadium. So, yeah, eat your words, Dirk. P.S., um, what so, type of name is Dirk? Get out of my face with that name. <laughs> so, Sean, you called, this group something. Of, you called this the group of death uh, at the start of the tournament and we all laughed at you. And I, like, I'm, still, I'm still laughing. Um, Who's laughing now? But, <laughs> Very interesting. Did you see the tattoo on Thil's leg of him scoring in the Champions League? Yeah, he's got like he's thinking of winning it or something. Yeah, yeah. I've Isn't it just a tattoo of playing in the Champions League? There was a trophy there though. There's a trophy on the tattoo which makes you think he thinks he's lifting it. 
So, yeah. Shauna, did you see the um, the coach of Sharif's response to Kout? Yes, I, so, I did. I did, yeah. Yeah, it was great. So, for those who didn't hear it, it was uh, he said, um, Dirk Kout uh, doesn't think that uh, we should be playing in the UEFA Champions League world. I'm glad to have shattered his world. And that was it. Just signed off. Mic drop. Sean, I don't want to throw back too far in the conversation, but um, producer Peach has pulled up the meaning of the word Dirk for me. Um, I don't know if this transfers to the Dutch meaning, but it is a short dagger of a kind formerly carried by Scottish Highlanders. Yeah, also so, you can use that to describe his ears too. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scottish Highlander. All righty, let's get straight into the EPL. It's what everyone's here for. The first game we're looking at is Man United versus Everton. United are at home. Potential banana skin here, Jabba? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm genuinely quite concerned about How's this How's this game. a banana skin? They're basically even on the ladder. It's the Mario Kart theory. <laughs> They're one spot above them on the table. It's you, can still, a... you can still slip on a banana skin that's in front of you. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Go on, Sean. What do you got? Throw your trenchant comments no, at the commercial juggernaut that no, is Manchester I... United. I just, yeah, I think, um, yeah, for the advertising agency, I just think they're they're going to have too much firepower um, for Everton. Like Everton are missing um, Richarlison and they're missing Dominic Calvin-Lewin. So I, I just can't see how with Still. those two, uh, yeah, they'll both miss this game. Um, Ooh, yeah, and so, yeah, I just think there'll be goals in this game. Both teams will score. But I just think United you know, will have too much firepower and I think they'll uh, breeze past Everton in the uh, Phil Neville derby. <laughs> so I actually think the opposite. I think um, we're going to see a defensively resolute display from Everton and Manchester United won't be good enough to break them down and without the scorers, Everton won't score. I actually think this game will be nil all. You know, it'll frustrate okay. the hell out of Ronaldo. Yeah, see, just a real Rafa-type well, performance. Yeah. That, that's a, I think this happened to me last week where I said um, there's goals in this game. Everyone's like, what do you mean? Both teams' <laughs> defences are trash. Well, here we go again. I've said there's going to be goals in this team just because I don't think Manchester United are the best at the back. Um, and I think they've just got too much firepower for Everton. So I think Manchester United will score. There's the theory on both teams to score. So I'm going to go 2-1 to the advertising agency. I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna side with Sean here on the, uh, the goal scoring side of things. I think, yeah, United will score. I think Everton... Purely because, yeah, United aren't that strong at the back, might sneak one. But then I, I just, because it's been such a trend lately, I can see United snagging one in like the 93rd minute or something controversially. So maybe a penalty. Um, so that's my tip as well. It's funny how, how times have changed, but we were laughing at Everton over the first three games for the figure skating going on in the back line. Mainly Michael Keane. <laughs> Michael yeah. Keane. Mainly Drew Still will. player. Yeah, Mina was doing, doing the best he could. But uh, and now you look at it and you, and you think United have got the worst defense out of these two, which is which is uh, crazy to think. But yeah, I, I still I sort of side with Jobber. I think it could be a bit of a bore draw potentially, a bit of a very frustrating one for United. Let's hope so. Alrighty, next one here: Chelsea versus Southampton. Big Ralphie, can he get the boys up for this one, Shawno? Big, big trouble for Ralphie here. Um, yeah, I think I think this is the game where Chelsea will really do a number on them. Chelsea lost their first game last week against Manchester City, first game that they've lost this season. And similar to Manchester City when they get beaten, I feel as though they'll bounce back um, rather aggressively. Chelsea also lost during the week to, to Juve. Obviously, different circumstances there. 
So, yeah, I think Chelsea will beat them, and I think they'll really get a hold of Southampton here. Um, those playing Premier League uh, fantasy football, get on Lukaku and give him the armband. So, interestingly enough, this season, only one team has uh, picked up points against Manchester United and Manchester City. Do you know who that team is? That's Tottenham. Southampton, right? It's Southampton. Yeah. Oh. Like and they, I thought they were extremely impressive against Manchester City the way they went about their business. Um, so I, I think that they could do something similar here. Ralph seems to have a tactic that's working against the bigger sides, and they were like obviously stylistically Manchester United and Manchester City are quite different. But you can't argue with those results. Um, no, you can't. So Southampton I, also haven't won a game this season. So yeah, <laughs> but they just keep drawing. That's why I'm, I think they can hold out for a draw here. Because <laughs> like they were very, they were very resolute and. Um, and looked quite like ominous against City without scoring. So I think they can do something similar here. I think the only thing giving them a chance in this game is their results against the big teams this season so far. But the problem with Southampton is they're so hit and miss each week. Like they had such a good game against City and got the got the got a good result and then lost to Wolves last week 1-0. So it's just like and then you don't know what they're going to pull out and more likely not they'll be up for a game like against Chelsea but Still, it could go either way. I'm leaning more towards the Chelsea win camp here. That uh, that result against Wolves just after the City games probably they're probably just hung over from the effort they put in against City. I think, but I think Chelsea will be too strong out uh, here. I think ah, uh, I, I can't see Southampton breaking down Chelsea easily. So I see Chelsea keeping a clean sheet and bagging bagging a couple. Yeah, yeah, fair call. Might pick up Lukaku. <laughs> All right, next one we've got here is. Brighton versus Arsenal. This is a tough game for Arsenal, even though they've, they've been on a bit of a three wins on, on the trot here now. Um, we good one for Brighton to bounce back after their, uh, they got a draw last week, didn't they? I believe the last game of the week. Shono, what do you think? Ben White Darby, this one, isn't it? Play against yeah. his old team. So um, really looking forward to that. I think this is a real test for Arsenal. Obviously, Brighton started um, rather well. So far this season, Arsenal the complete opposite. Arsenal just found a little bit of form um, last week against Spurs. That'll get your season started playing Spurs. Um, also, Danny Welbeck playing against his old team, so that'll be interesting as well. Um, Bamiang um, has scored five goals in his last five appearances in all competitions, and so I think he'll be good enough to get a goal, and I think that'll see Arsenal beat Brighton Hove Albion. Yeah, I I uh, I think this will be a um, bit more of a win for Brighton. I think they've been pretty solid at home. They got like a great stadium down south. With uh, when it gets packed, it's it really gets humming. And I think um, they will be the too Amex, strong. Uh, we got a referral code in the show notes. Sorry, yeah, Bob, yeah, we do. Ooh. Sorry, thanks, Sean. thanks, Sean. <laughs> Thank you, Amex. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Brighton have like a very defined style of play and, and they, a system that they all understand and know and we've seen this season how they've clicked now with the in the attack um, and they're actually putting away goals and I think that would just be too much for Arsenal and you know a bit of adversity if Arsenal face it they could crumble. Arsenal yeah. won their last three Barney that doesn't sway your opinion? <laughs> no I, I mean I, that, I, what it means is that they'll uh, put out a better performance than what they would have three games ago for me I still don't <laughs> think I <laughs> But you, th- you, think of the, you, th- you think of the three games they won. It was um, it was Tottenham. Burnley. It was Tottenham who were shocking at the moment. And it's um, who was the f- first? Yeah, who was the first? The other game, I can't remember. 
Uh, Norwich. It was the uh, Norwich. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was tough. It was the six pointer. That at the bottom. So yeah, they've played three average sides and had good performances against. So, but Brighton's a whole other kettle kettle fish here. I think so. I'd be. I still think Brighton will beat them. Yeah, Sorry, I Halsey. think. Um, no, no, that's all right. I was just going to say that. Uh, like, yeah, I want uh, Brighton to win, uh, mainly because it's fun to laugh at Arsenal. Still, even though they're climbing the ladder, I'd like to see them drop uh, down a peg again. And also the fact that Brighton are actually above them on the ladder and have been. I think playing better this season, so that that gives a bit of confidence and a bit of science to my backing. Mm. Barney, I like your, I like your scientific angle there, but Grant Jack has been ruled out for three months. What sort of impact will that have on Arsenal? Does that yeah. does that sway you at all? I mean, they'll be getting less red cards, mm. so that's probably well, a good thing for him. No but he, in the midfield. he is he is a leader for them on and off the park, so that could affect them potentially. But I don't know. He's 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 not. He's not the biggest loss for them, but he is he is going to hurt a bit, I think. Good news for um, Maitland-Niles. Um, he'll probably get more game time. Erdegaard, he had some pressure on his position but sort of found his feet, so he, he'll play more regularly. But um, Thomas and Partey, he, he really needs to, um, you know, get in the team and stay in there regularly. He's been in and out at the start of the season, and especially now with Xhaka gone, yeah, he needs to really um, man up and, and run that midfield. Yeah, yeah if I, they I, lose him... Him to a slight injury that could really hurt them. Yeah, I think I think Arsenal have turned a bit of a corner here, so I'm actually going to go for them. I just think three on the bounce, battered Spurs last week. Um, I think Brighton are doing quite well, but I think Arsenal should should have too much quality for them. Arsenal turned a corner, but realistically, they needed to, right? Because I think uh, Arteta's <laughs> job was uh, on the line unless they turned it. So yeah, I think with the three wins in a row, I think he's bought himself some time. Alrighty. The next one we want to look at here is Tottenham versus Aston Villa. <laughs> I am worried if you couldn't tell by my voice. Buddy, how hard was this... that to get out? <laughs> I don't know if you're worried yeah, or depressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we had a huge win this morning, 5-1 over real top top brass Slovenian side that didn't exist seven years ago. So that was a big win for us. Harry Kane got a hat-trick um, in saying that, that will have no effect on this game, and yeah, I that Aston Villa like press and the Tottenham defensive work rate really worries me for this game. It really does. <laughs> seems like a real recipe for disaster. It does. It does. It seems like a recipe for a Danny Ings hat trick. So captain, oh, captain that bad boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think surely like Nuno's as the foresight that we've just had here as well, and makes some adjustments to the play style maybe or do you think he just tries to get them riled up and, and increase their work rate with a rousing he, speech at the start? He's not, he's not that kind of guy. He's a very quietly spoken guy, so I don't think he's the one to like rev you up before a game. It's kind of kind of coach like a Alex Ferguson hairdryer or something like that. So, so yeah, I'm not sure. So what can he do? Like, because they were they were abysmal last week, um, and obviously you don't have a great deal of players that can come in and make a huge difference. So you just you're just asking for the performance to be better, really. Like in everyone that, to work yeah, that, a little and, bit harder. And, that and I think what I just I mentioned last week is changing to a four-two-three-one. So, like, I think they need that those two sitting midfielders that give more defensive coverage um, on the on the back line, and it defines who's going to go forward more um, because the, the midfield three just looks so out of sync and didn't know they're all put. There was stages where they're all pushing up, and the stages where they're all mm. sitting, and it's just like no 
cohesion and then they're not linking anything between the back line and the forward line so it's just like it was it was like terrible to watch and i think there's got to be i think that that center of the park is where he's got to work on and try and fix that um somehow yeah. I, I think is an answer yeah. to find do you think there's a risk though you run that risk of like oh, okay this this midfield three wasn't working i'm going to rotate one or two guys next week and then before you know it, you haven't had the same midfield play together for more than a week in a row like either in the champions league or the prem and then it still doesn't fix itself purely because you're not giving t- people time to settle. I think you can fall into that trap easily, but it's yeah. It's but they kind of did the the first the first three games were like Hoiberg and Skip in the middle with Ali. So that was like the three games we won were those three, and then he swapped out Skip for Endombele in the last couple. Mm. Um, honestly, I don't. If you swap out Endombele for Skip, I don't think you get a worse performance. If anything, you probably get a better performance because On you got to get someone who works more defensively. Doesn't he's not as obviously can't do as much with his feet, but he, he's just a more consistent player, which is what you need at the moment, I think. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Neither of them can handle John McGinn this week, so potentially, I don't know, the captain John no McGinn. Man, you know, Man United really struggled with him last week. So. Yeah, he was excellent, but he's a good, he's a good footballer, and like him feeding Watkins and Ings, and Watkins just got called up for England as well. Like, I I I was really impressed with Villa against Chelsea in losing. I was really impressed with Villa against Everton and again against Manchester United last week. And I haven't been impressed with Spurs since Man City. Um, I think I'm I'm going with Villa in this one. Yeah, I am too, 100%. Um, not a, by a big margin, but yeah, they'll they'll get the dub for sure. Barney, yeah. are, you, I, are you agreeing or are you going to stick with your boys? Uh, I honestly think the best thing, the best they could get this weekend is a draw. You take that. I don't. I don't know if they'll be able to be able to win. If we got a draw, I'd be like, okay, that's like. I mean, you're heading in the right direction at least because we just lost. We just lost. (laughs) That's what the Europa Conference League does to you, mate. Alrighty, let's move on to a bit more of a positive one. That's West Ham versus Brentford. This I think has the potential to be a really good game. Um, Obviously, last week Brentford had that cracker with three all with with uh, with Liverpool. Um, and I think just Brentford alone, like just a good team to watch because they're like, even though they're sort of you know, a promoted team, they're quite disciplined and they're, and they have it. And again, they have like that defined system, which is um, interesting to watch. And obviously West Ham are great to watch as well. Mikel Antonio is back and he's banging in the goals again. He's going to cause some issues for that Brentford back line. But um, yeah, I think this could be a, a few goals in this, but I think West Ham will run out winners in the end. Yeah, I think they will too. I, I think if if like Ivan Tony can get up like he did against Liverpool, it'll be awesome. It'll be a very entertaining game again. But I don't know if you could put in a performance like that every week um, without burning out. I think overall West Ham are just too solid. Mikel Antonio is going to get a brace and they'll win comfortably. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I think <laughs> so. There's not enough in years, not enough in the performance last week from Brentford to suggest they can get like at least level with West Ham because like I thought. They really, like, they performed really quite admirably last week, um, yeah. and obviously Liverpool are a better side than West Ham. I, yeah, I, I think I, there's, I think there's a there's a case to be made here for a nil all draw. Possibly. What about score draw? Potentially, because I think West Ham are pretty good at. Well, West Ham are probably in the upper echelon of counter-attacking teams in the Premier League right now, um, mm-hmm. and Brentford are Brentford are pretty much the same. So we're going to have two teams who don't really want the ball. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the difference between the Liverpool game and and this game uh, is, I think West Ham should be able to deal with um, Brentford's direct style, and 
we saw the goals that um, Liverpool conceded last week. That was sort of like long balls, second efforts, scrapped goals. They were jamming. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, because because of West Ham a little bit more agricultural, I think they should be able to deal with um, deal with that a little bit better than, say, Liverpool um, did in terms of their style of football. So, yeah, I think West Ham will, will have no problem dealing with the, that longer stuff. And I think West Ham will win comfortably here. Especially seeing it uh, from last week. Like they saw how it worked against Liverpool. They've seen it like on the film. So they know how to counter it properly this time now too. Mm. I know, we're, I know we're, building, for it. we're building to like obviously a fairly massive clash this weekend as far as title race goes. But this for me, this fixture is the most intriguing of the weekend. I just really, yeah, I'm just really excited to see what's going to happen. I, I agree. But, see, I also think oh, me and the Edison game could be funny as well. Just with see, their potential I, I think results. this game's... Yeah. I th- for me, I think this game's obvious. Like another reason why Brentford it worked so well for them last week was Liverpool pressed up on them. So when they pressed up on them, there's space in behind. West Ham don't press, so West Ham will play a low block. So when um, when uh, the bees play like long balls or direct balls, you're not going to be able to find any space in a low block. So I think West Ham will be able to deal with it rather easy. And yeah, it sounds like that we disagree on this one. I think this one will be straightforward. I think that's how the game will play out. I think West Ham will control it and, and beat them. Yeah, I agree. Alrighty, let's crack into the next one. Leicester City versus Crystal Palace. Um, Leicester, obviously. So, J- Jamie Vardy played in the Europa League, Sean? Did he? I, I, yeah. I don't know. Got I know you mentioned he did. Yeah, so yeah. do you think he'll be starting this game then? Has he got the legs to start he, this one? He'll start. Because that's going to – yeah, right. That could affect the game massively if he's got to come off though. And he's, so, not, he's um, not his sprightful, sprightful best. So Jamie Jamie Vardy went to Poland with the boys um, and came off the bench in a 1-0 loss bench. to uh, Legia Warsaw. Um, just like that pointed out. So obviously uh, they're a very, fairly big side in Europe. Um, but Le- Leicester, they're not really pulling up stumps again. Like they're just not doing enough to impress me in the last couple of weeks. No. Like we've mentioned but, a few times, they've got some stuttering results recently and – it's um, there's something something's missing. I'm not exactly sure what it is at the moment, but yeah, something's not completely right. At the it's moment. our whole back yeah. four. We don't have any players. Um, <laughs> we've got everyone. All, all our first team selection in the back four are are injured at the moment. So I think yeah, similar to what happened to Liverpool, obviously on a different scale completely. But like when they lost their their you know their backbone or their base, it was everything else sort of didn't function as well. And I think that's what's happening to Leicester. Um, obviously, we don't have the amount of injuries that uh, right now as Liverpool did last year. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of injuries in that space, which means yeah, that, that our base that we build from, especially when we play out from the back like we do, um, is just something's just not functioning right. Um, yeah, which makes everything much, much more difficult. Although it has been going okay in aspects of games or like, you know, 15, 20 minute spells of games. And you can tell that by some of the beautiful passing moves we scored for some goals and stuff like that. And Vardy's still been um, chipping away and scoring goals. So there are aspects of that. Just stringing it together for a whole game is just a little bit too much for Leicester at the moment. Um, and yeah, all, all this uh, Europa League football um, with only a, a couple of additions to the squads is going to prove to be a difficult season for Leicester. So since keeping back-to-back away clean sheets in February, Leicester have conceded in each of their last ten away Premier League games. Um, so I don't think Sin- they've also scored. They've also scored in those ten as well. But their results, goals. Yeah, mm. 
Yeah, since um since Brendy's been in charge, we've been conceding more goals um than than ever before since he's been in charge. So, uh, one point seven goals we're averaging in terms of conceding, and for all of last season we only averaged one point three. Um, and before that, I think it dropped to one point two. So, yeah, I th- that's clear, clearly the problem for for Leicester at the moment. I think this yeah. game's a good opportunity for both teams. Um, obviously Crystal Palace to build some more momentum after that horrible start. And then I think Leicester need to find some like form and momentum like because their confidence seems probably, I'd imagine, quite low at the moment. So I'm going to, having said that, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace on this one in a tight one. Yeah, it's insane to think I'm going to go with Palace as well. Mm, yeah, who would have thought yeah, four weeks ago? All that, all that criticism. I've only, I've still only won one game. That's so, yeah. Just, they seem, they seem to be like a good draw with West Ham. Obviously, hammered Spurs, and then last week, um, a good one-all draw with Brighton. Where they were like, honestly, they were dead set unlucky to cop that equaliser. That was a coach killer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think they're they're looking more likely at this stage. But if James Madison and Siouxu can start putting in some decent performances, um, it can turn around very quickly for Leicester. Did you see um, Vieira's reaction to that goal going in against Brighton? Oh, it wasn't yeah. something stupid like his comments against Spurs, was it? No, no, he was like, nope. he was like, it was like, <laughs> he was so devastated. He just like fell to the ground and was just like, couldn't believe it went in. This could be very, my coaching very unlucky for him. But yeah, yeah. I, I, it, as good as Crystal Palace have been, uh, as, as better they've, as they've been, like there's still, yeah, like you said, Job, only one win. So I still I think Leicester have just got I've got enough even with their mixed sort of bag of results I think they've got enough to get over the line here and barring any sort of defensive howlers they should be able to uh, beat a Crystal Palace side I think. Alrighty, get to the main event. Yeah, exactly. Let's get into the spicy affair that is Liverpool versus Man City. This is a big one for the title race. Um, Josh, I'll throw it to you first. What are, What are you thinking? How are you feeling? You calling this one for the title race already? I'm I'm flattered. Um, no, nah, it was last week. Ah, yeah, fair enough. Chelsea, um, Man City. I think it's going to be. Oh, yeah, I hope it's going to be a good one. Like, obviously, the Liverpool supporter in me hopes that we get the win, but you're never confident going into these games. Um, not only because Man City is such a good team, but you, you f- I find with like big matches like Liverpool City, you know, City United, City Chelsea, Liverpool United, those sort of games doesn't matter they're always like it doesn't matter what the form of the teams are or anything like that kind of like a derby anything can happen on the day so in that respect it makes you nervous but it makes you very optimistic so i think i think liverpool can win i don't know it's it's hard to call i don't know you guys have some more scientific predictions i just can't call it uh, not that scientific but i mainly go off feels um no i think uh so Vibes. obviously um these are the two best teams in the premier league sort of right now. I'm not sure if that will be the case closer towards the end of the year. One versus two in terms of ladder position. One versus two in terms of possession stats for the whole year. One versus two in terms of goal difference. And one versus two in terms of chance creation. So, yeah, two two of the best teams in the Premier League, obviously, at the moment. Two best keepers in the world, too, for me at the moment. I think um, Allison mm. and Edison are just unbelievable. Like, some of their um, ball work on the <laughs> ground is just next level. Um, and... Yeah, and they've been doing it for a long time. Like their form doesn't go up, and then they just throw a few in the net the week later, like some other did you, clubs. Did you sleep keepers. through this week? That's what I said. Some, he plays well, <laughs> and then you watch him throw a couple of goals in the in the back of the net um, next week. That's why he's not and nowhere near those guys' level. Form is um, temporary. Job a class is permanent. 
Here, here. Um, but I think <laughs> for, for me, Pep, he, he beat one German last week and he's about to beat another German this week. And I think Man City will go on and um, and win this game and then I think they'll go on and uh, lift that trophy. Go on and lift the trophy so we're six games in this big game, seven. <laughs> um, like I think the, I'm a little bit concerned about Man City's ability to handle Mo Money, Mo Salah. Like he just can't stop scoring right now. He's in such good form. He's going to go in riding high on the confidence. And I think there's still there's still that feeling that Man City can be got at, even though they've only conceded one goal. They gave away a lot of <laughs> chances. One goal. Yeah, I know, but they gave they gave a lot of chances away against Southampton. They did look like they got away with it a little bit. Um, and I think if anyone can score past this City defense, it's Salah right now. He's just I don't know. He's he's in some vein of form that. Like he's putting him in the, you know, you had the Messi-Ronaldo tier previously. He's definitely sitting in that next tier. He's just been absolutely irrepressible. I think yeah. as well between like uh, the Chelsea uh, game last week and this Liverpool game, uh, with the Chelsea game, the back line of Man City only really had to deal with Lukaku. He was the focal point. He was the only one staying up high all the time. And so he was, it was easier for them to manage just that one, that one guy. But when with the Liverpool front three, they're so fluid. They're always ch- uh, changing, interchanging between their positions. They're moving so much. They're all so quick. They're like, they're going to... Three Lukaku's. Yeah, it's going to be much more difficult for them to control that. And I think it's going to cause them more issues in the back line. And but they yeah, I don't know how to... They weren't pressed either, Barney. Like the back the back yeah. defensive Manchester yeah. City weren't pressed. They weren't under pressure. Tuchel's like, yep, come at us, boys, and then we'll get Lukaku to hold it up. Like Liverpool's front three are going to press and press and press and really put some heat on those players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Man City will be, will be brave and play through through that press too. So I think that's potentially where where yeah one team gets on top of the other, right? Because what you're going to see is you're going to see one team press up high and either win the ball and the other team counter press and then vice versa. And you watch <laughs> just how hot this game is in terms of um, in terms of pressing, but on the Sunday as well. So both teams have got an extra day compared to other um, Premier League teams. So yeah, I think. Um, yeah, the ball's going to be like turned over a lot just because of the pressing and counter pressing in this game. But Jobby, you said all that, and you didn't weren't brave enough to give a tip, mate. So um, who you got? I was going with the diplomatic response and just not. I was going to hope no one would come back to me. I am actually going to tip <laughs> Liverpool for this one. I think the confidence from midweek from um, Porto's cavalier attitude to defending. Um, will be enough to get through. And I, like, I think City, they're going to be a little bit down the dumps. They had their big money derby during the week and they got mugged off by Messi and co. So I I think this is Liverpool's for the taking. Obviously, as well, last year in the fixture, Manchester City fucking hammered them 4-1. So they've got something to prove. So I really think they're going to be up for this one. And I think Liverpool will get the points here. No fans in the stadium for that fixture, which I think is a big difference compared to this one. So, Barney, what are you doing? You jumping mm. on my side and going Man City or are you staying with these two scousers? <laughs> uh, I'm scouse all the way with this one, Sean. I think I'm going I'm going Liverpool to win. I reckon it's going to be like maybe 2-1 or something along that, that scoreline, but it will be a intense game. Um, Sean, no, you, you mentioned there no fans in the stadium. So, was it because of COVID or was it a City home game? <laughs> that that was in this uh, fixture. So um, Liverpool were at home, no fans. And, Probably had um, a completely different backline as well, right? Man- Manchester yeah. City legend um, Lescott, Julian Lescott, said that he would rather play against a full-strength um, Liverpool team with the stadiums empty rather than a half-strength Liverpool team with a stadium full. 
So, so like it's going to be that logic. purring on Sunday for the game. Like, it will and, be purring. And, and City players won't know what it's like. And you said he was... Where's all this and, noise? Who are these people? And you said, uh, you <laughs> said Westcott was here? a terrible pundit. Are they here to watch us? <laughs> are there some sort of COVID restrictions meant to be in They'll see some What's Everton fans like walking to, the, to Goodison across the, like, down the road and they'll think there's some, some of their mates coming into the match, some Man City fans, just because of the blue. Actually, did, did anyone see Cloppo dig the first hole for the um, stand expansion? Awkward. So Liverpool's oh, yeah. Liverpool, awkward. So awkward. <laughs> yeah, Big ass is. grill. And then and then like they clearly like soften the ground so he could put his shovel in. And then so he's like, Oh, this ground looks hard. There's a bunch of concrete around. So he put his spade in and he's like stepped on the spade and then just like almost like fell through to China. Oh fuck, it was funny. He had no <laughs> idea what he was doing. Was it a golden shovel? No, no. Uh, you usually do building like a things golden up, shovel. not breaking them down, mate. That's why. <laughs> Jesus, pick the Liverpool support. Right, so, so, boys, are we split <laughs> two and two here? I've got no, Liverpool. Three and one. No, it's three, three and one. Three and one, baby. I was I'm Liverpool pick as well. City. Yeah, I thought City so. City till I, I die. Go that, that self-deprecating Tottenham type nonsense. <laughs> yeah, oh, not nah. this week. <laughs> I'm cautiously Shorto, optimistic. Shorto's getting the payments under the table, so that's why. Yeah, Liverpool Alrighty. for me. That's, that's it for the games. That's a wrap. But, uh, Josh, I think you've got a fantasy update for us. Yeah, let's do it again. Um, I'm going to have a word to producer Pete about getting my own soundbite for this little segment. It's becoming a real fan favorite. Uh, let's go to Champions League spots. We're going to run through uh, first down to fourth. We've got uh, Job of the Hut again, holding first place. Uh, Arsenal, fantastic. Wait, are you kidding me? No, no. That's, so that's it's not me. Team. It's a it's a tribute to my oh. like, team name. Team name. Uh, the, <laughs> okay. the, the owner of the thought... team is BJ Maddock. And it's, so, a, it's a tribute to Job's fourth chin. Yeah. <laughs> Tacked on mass. Um, obviously, you're going to sacrifice some flexibility. I so. assume people, yeah, you sacrifice people who a shitload of flexibility, Job. Yeah. The people that own these teams, I assume, know them when I read the name out. And we've got Arsenal Fantastic holding down second spot. Moore's Men in third. They've moved up a spot. And Change Name has dropped down to fourth. So they're securing the Champions League positions. We scroll all the way down to relegation zone. We've got Soy Milk FC. You've dropped into the relegation zone along with. Uh, Inter Mavan, I think Inter Mivan has stayed. I think they were there last week as well. They might have dropped down one spot. And in last place, Clever. we've got Durry Hills FC who have been here for a while. So good luck to them. Too many burners. No wins. Yeah. Thank God I'm not in that bottom three. Who's in the Europa Conference League position, Josh? That's a real important uh, one. For what, do they hand out that? <laughs> what do they hand that out for now? Like That's uh, eight, 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 eight or ninth now, I think. Carabag. Uh, yeah. Carabag. i got Dollar Dom in, in number nine. Could we qualify? Yep. Oh, shout out to Dollar Dom. Yep. All right, boys. I've got I've got some exciting news this week in the multi front. So I've got a listener has sent in the multi. It's not Dollar Dom and it's not me, um, but they're confident. So first of all, we have Manchester United to beat Everton. Oh, so, another United supporter. Yeah, oh, so why do we have we, to lose it on the first leg? Yeah, why do we do United? <laughs> yeah, um, because they're awesome and they're rich. Um, second <laughs> like one, Leeds United to break the duck against Watford this week. So... Interesting. Potential. Um, Arsenal and Brighton, both teams to score. So going on that defensive um, flexibility of both sides there. So I like that. hopefully Benny White can throw one in the back of the net for the derby. Um, and then we've got both teams to score in Aston Villa versus Tottenham. I can't wait to see where Tottenham are going to find yeah, the goal. Yeah, that's, that's the riskiest of the lot. Bank, yeah, banking, banking on Tottenham to score. <laughs> Smacked a bunch of farmers and accountants this week on a Friday. Um, yep. And the last one is Chelsea to get home over Southampton. So Southampton to lose their record against the big teams against Tuchel's boys. I don't, I don't so, know if you it. saw the goal, those goals, Josh, at, at Hurricane's hat-trick, but uh, 
the defending was scandalous and could have been worse than the Porto team. What defending? Midweek. Um, but they're yeah, not no. all professional footballers either. And some from the other team too, not just Spurs. Yeah, that plumber <laughs> was playing shit house at centre-back. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> all right, so $10 redos on that one will pay $110.80. It's not bad. Better. Well, you just got to win them, mate. With you United in there. We're going to stop letting United fans do our bets. There's so many of them. They're everywhere. You can't go anywhere in the world and not find <laughs> Yeah, find <them>. I know. <laughs> I can know. All right, where boys. Can they, where can they reach us, Jobber? Uh, they can reach us through the usual platform. So email is footballplaytonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, footballplaytonpaper, Twitter at footballonpods, and that's the same for Instagram. So good luck this weekend, boys. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. 